Force. Amen. Some people trust in DC. Some people trust in the CDC. And we trust in the Lord. Amen. 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 We are not rebellious. We are not uh, rebels without a cause. We do uh, obey the word of God when it says honor those that are in uh, leadership. But we also know that God is above all government. Amen. So we want to be willing and able to stand when we are needing to stand when it is against the word of God. So I want to talk a little bit about that because we are seeing a day of change. How many know there's a change? There's a spiritual work in the world. Amen. There's principalities and powers and spiritual wickedness in high places. And we have to know that no matter what comes our way, we're going to stand. Amen. We have to know the word of God enough to know that we are in authority when we stand in him. And I just want you to stand real quick, if you wouldn't mind, for the reading of the word. We're going to go to Daniel chapter 3, Daniel chapter 3. And I want to talk to a subject that I feel God laid on my heart. And I've been praying about this, and I trust that I can communicate it, kind of get my flesh out of the way enough to communicate it to impact your life and that you feel a resonance with this word today. Welcome online. If you're joining us online, we love you. We're so glad you're here. Chapter 3 of Daniel says, Nebuchadnezzar, the king, made an image of gold whose height was three score cubits, about 30 meters, and the breadth thereof six cubits. He set it up in the plain of Dura, in the province of Babylon. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king sent to gather together the princes, the governors, the captains, the judges, the treasurers, the counselors, the sheriffs, and all the rulers. Everyone say, everybody that mattered. Amen. What he didn't realize is the people of God have been essential always. Amen. We've been essential for 2,000 years. The counselors, all the people that were important. And then to come to the dedication of the image of Nebuchadnezzar, the king that the king had set up. And let's jump down to verse 8. Sorry, jump back to verse 3 if you can help me, media team. Thank you. Then the princes and governors, captains, judges, and treasurers, and counselors, and sheriffs, and the rulers of the province were gathered together unto the dedication of the image of Nebuchadnezzar, the king that the king had set up. And they stood before the image that Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then, and Herod cried aloud to them, to you, it is commanded, O people, nations, and languages, that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, the, the dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye fall down and worship the golden image that Nebuchadnezzar the king had set up. And whoso falleth not down and worship, and worship, and worshipeth shall the same hour be cast into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. Therefore, at the time when the people, when all the people heard the sound of the cornet, the flute, the harp, the lyre, the psaltery, and all kinds of music, all the people, the nation, and the language fell down and worshipped the golden image of Nebuchadnezzar the king. Wherefore, at the time of certain Chaldeans came near and accused the Jews, they spake and said the king to King Nebuchadnezzar, O live forever, thou king, hast made a decree that every man shall hear the sound of the 
cornet and all these different instruments in verse 11. And whoso falleth not down to worship that he should be cast in the midst of the burning furnace, verse 12. Therefore a certain Jew, certain Jews whom thou hast set over the affairs of the province of Babylon, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, these men, O king, have not regarded thee. They serve not thy gods, neither worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Someone said, Amen. Then Nebuchadnezzar, in his rage and fury, commanded that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego then be brought these men before the king. And you know the rest of the story that he, he acquired of them, and they were threatened and they were going to be put in the fiery furnace if they did not bow before the king. And then they made a decision. Everybody say a decision. You know, life is hard. Have you heard that saying, life is hard? You're going to choose the hard things of life. The relationship can be hard, and they can. A marriage can be hard. Or you can cho choose a different kind of relationship, other kinds of relationships, and those can be hard. Walking with God sometimes can be hard, but living without the Lord in your life can be very hard. You're going to choose the hard that you have in your life, amen? And so these boys mustered up enough strength in God to say we will not bow to this image. And I want to just share with you a little bit of a story, a couple of illustrations from the Word of God on found in the fire. Found in the fire. In Jesus' name, Lord, help us to leave here equipped and having stepped out of an inferno of the Holy Ghost, the fire of God in our life. Jesus, we cannot do this without you. I'm just a voice in a microphone unless you move, but I believe you're here and I believe you want to touch a human heart and I believe that you want to sow a seed that lasts forever in someone's life. So implant this word deep in somebody's life, we pray. In Jesus' precious name. You may be seated. I know that was a long reading of the, the word. Someone turned to somebody and said, he's a long-winded reader. You know, you know how you know if your preacher's long-winded? If he begins all his sermons with, in the beginning. <laughs> you know you're going to go through that whole book. Daniel was very influential in Babylon. In fact, the leadership... And the king recognized Daniel for having a spirit of excellence. Everyone say spirit of excellence. How many know you should have a spirit of excellence in everything you do? How many know that the world sees that? They recognize whether you have a spirit of excellence or not. And Daniel's spirit of excellence brought him before the king to interpret a dream that set up this scenario. We know that he interpreted the dream and the wise men were going to be killed all throughout the land, the sorcerers, the, the magicians, all of the ones that could not interpret King Nebuchadnezzar's dream. And Daniel said, don't do that. Don't kill them. I will. So you have to understand that Daniel's walk with God even protected the heathen. Hello, somebody. That when you have a spirit of excellence about you, it will do something not only in the church, but it will affect the world. Oh, he's already preaching. <laughs> But when you get a powerful, a powerful understanding of what God can do, that he's greater 
than any voice out there. He's greater than anything that's in confusion. He's greater than any moment or circumstance that even in Nebuchadnezzar's head on his bed, in his in his bedchambers where nobody would know what he dreamed. God knew what he dreamed and told Daniel. And Daniel came and Nebuchadnezzar fell down and said, surely this is the God of all gods. Surely this is the king of all kings, the one you serve, the one who told you things you should not know. That is the God. And God still does that. Amen. He does that through his word. He does that in many different ways. He speaks to us. And I'm thankful that God does that. But there was a moment where King Nebuchadnezzar was riddled with pride. In fact, his sin led him to insanity. Amen. Eventually, he was a man that crawled around on the floor and did and did things that no king should do. And, and so we know that he was a man given to pride. And in that, he was easily persuaded for human worship. He was persuaded for men to come to him and said, Oh, king, we should, we should worship you and decree worship to the king. And, and this put Daniel eventually in the lion's den. You know the story. But before we see all of that happening, Daniel is standing in the king's courts and he's, he's giving now the king information and giving the king uh, recommendations. And, and there's three Hebrew children as the as Babylon captured Judah. There's three Judean Hebrew boys that were wise and that were brought uh, to the understanding of the king and his leadership. And they said, we can use the Hebrew boys for their wisdom. And they had wisdom from God. Everybody say from God. Anything you do needs to be pointed at God. Anything you have glory in the earth for, you need to point it back to God. Anything that someone says, hey, good job, you need to say, God gave me the strength to do that. God gave me the power to get out. God made me different than I used to be. Now I'm this. What you see is not what I used to be, but I want you to know that God gave me the ability to do that, and I give him all glory for it. God needs to get the glory in your life because that is how you tell and share your story. Amen. So we know that he's walking through, you know, the situation with with King Nebuchadnezzar and there's three boys standing out in the middle of all the others who have bowed. There's other Judeans there. There's other people of, of their of their race and nationality, people that were raised up being taught the second commandment, which is thou shalt not have any idols before me. That, that understanding that this is, this is the God, Jehovah, that we serve, and you shall have no other gods beside me. Amen? That there is only one God, and his name is God, Jehovah. And they knew that. They understood that God was Jehovah and that they were not to bow or to worship any idols, kings, or otherwise, and that Jesus, the Lord, would be revealed later as the King of kings and Lord of lords. But we see that this this, this movement, this understanding in Daniel, this is a prophetic book, brothers and sisters. This is a book that deals with times that we are now in. Even its translation is understood to be a apocalyptic transla- translation. So when you take a story out of Daniel, you can always apply it to the end times or the days in which we live. And I want to tell you that there is a fire burning in our world. There is an inferno coming that is not a, a 
church, the, the church that does not have the fire of the Holy Ghost in it will be consumed by the fire of this world. Amen. I want you to understand that I'm not saying that the world's fire and the world's uh, the burning that's taking place in our world is not any more is not more powerful than the fire that's in the church. But there is going to be a fire in the last days, and we get to choose what fire that is. Amen. Either we can be full of the fire of the Holy Ghost, or we can be in fear from the fire that's in the world, amen, from the inferno that's blazing. You and I both know that the Grace Life Church in Alberta officially was shut down because of their in, inability or an unwillingness to abide to the COVID-19 health issues. You maybe saw the viral uh, pastor who was kicking police out of his church this last few weeks. I think it just happened a week ago, and he, and he said these words. Pastor Arthur Pulowski said, I grew up in Poland under the boot of the Soviets behind the Iron Curtain. What I see right now, I see everything escalating and moving to a new level. I want to say to you today that there is a fire burning in our world, and I choose the fire that I have in my life. Amen. I choose to be full of the Holy Ghost and fire. In fact, John said that we should be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, or there's one coming after me, and I'm not worthy to unloose his shoes. He shall baptize. I baptize you under repentance, but he shall baptize. Speaking of Jesus, will baptize you with holy with the Holy Spirit and with fire. Some people separate the fire from the Holy Spirit, that you can be filled with the Holy Spirit, and then you can seek God and get the fire. Have you ever had someone say, I'm on fire for God? Some people separate that but the word and there is actually the Greek chi which which means even also it, it means indeed or and so what we understand from the original language is when John was saying he's going to baptize you with the Holy Spirit even with fire. I want to stand and tell you that a church that doesn't have the fire in it doesn't stand a chance in a world that's burning down today. We need the fire. We need to be found in the fire of God. We need to be found in the Holy Spirit, but we need to be found in a fire. You cannot win a world that is turned against God without a zeal and a holy fire in your life. The fire was never supposed to go out in the tabernacle. You know that. You have studied it, that the fire was never supposed to go out in the tabernacle of God. And when Eli's sons had taken the Ark of the Covenant into battle, and they lost the covenant. It, we go back a few chapters and we see that they had neglected the candle in the holy place and they had let the fire go out at the house of God. There are things that need to change in our world, but we cannot change them if we don't have a fire in the house of God first. We have to be on fire for God. We have to burn for him and we have to be able to reach out when we need to. And so I want to tell you that we start small. We start with small things. We begin to set our, 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 our face toward, could you help me with that picture frame back there and bring it up here? I meant to set that up and I didn't get a chance. We have to start with the small things. We have to begin with the little things. We have to study God's word, find truth, and then stand on them. And those little things that you stand on are, our, our scripture, we know that I can do all things through Christ. How many of you have this, know this scripture right here? Let me know if you know it. This scripture is the one that ends up on all the, the gym room walls, you know, where you're squatting by the weight bench. I can do all things through Christ, and they're lifting 300 pounds. That is not what this scripture was meant for, but people use it for that. But this scripture was meant 
for you to use it as a way to encourage your faith in the sense that even whenever you're in a hard situation, even when you're in a fiery trial, even when you're in the fires of tribulation, which I, we don't know what's coming. We don't, I, I'm not worried about that. The Bible says, lift your eyes to the hills from whence cometh your help. If you keep looking at the world and what's burning down in this world, you will be discouraged for your entire, you'll, you will do things out of fear and you should never make a decision out of fear. Brothers and sisters, you should always make your decisions in faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. And so you have to understand there's going to be fires possibly of tribulation. There could be House church is needed. We may have to jump off a line because they go back and look at all the sermons that we put online and, and see if there's hate speech. I don't know what's coming, but I can tell you there's something burning right now in our world. And I know that the church still has a fire that's greater than the fire that's burning in the world. I am not just circling back, but I tell you, under the power of the Holy Ghost, whether fire of tribulation comes or whether fire of trials come, I'm going to be found in the fire of the Holy Spirit through all of it. Amen. Through every Every bit of it, I want to be found with the Holy Spirit and with fire in my life. 1 Peter 4.12 says, Think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you as some strange thing has happened. And another translation says, Dear friends, don't be surprised or shocked that you are going, to go, that you are going through testing that is like walking through fire. But you have to start small. It's the little things. These boys didn't just start with, I'm going to stand up against a king, one of the most powerful kings at that time. They started with the small things. They started with, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to say that. I'm going to live this way. I'm going to walk like this. They started with, I can do all things through Christ on the little stuff. First, start there, brothers and sisters. Start with when you get up in the morning and put two feet on the floor. Don't just say, oh, it's another day, another dollar. Say, this is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. I'm going to walk into my work environment. There may be fires burning in different places. There may be relationships falling apart. There may be struggle and friction and difficulty, but you are not sitting in there to point out the fires that are burning in this world. You're sitting in there to walk in with the fire of the Holy Ghost and move in places and do things others cannot do. You can do more on your job with less than others had because you've got a fire of God in your life through the power of the Holy Spirit. It equips you to do things others cannot do and I wonder if maybe we have too many of our eyes, too many of our focuses set on the fires of this world and not on the things of God. It's going to not, it should not surprise you, should not shock you that you're going to walk through some tests and some fiery trials. But brothers and sisters, when we go through those things, God is going to be our strength. There are 15 Bible verses about God helping us in times of trouble. There's, there's more than enough occasion here here, even in this story, for us to understand that whenever God steps in, he steps in miraculously. Amen? So the miracle we see in Daniel 3 is there are certain Jews who, who are over a certain province, and they are taking care of things, the affairs of that province. But that didn't matter because they would not serve the God that Nebuchadnezzar set up. And then he brings them before them, and he said, do you, do you know who you worship? You're supposed to worship this idol. And in, in those days, they didn't have the privilege of choosing who they could worship. We have religious freedom. 
We have the ability to come here and talk about the fire of the Holy Ghost, lift our hands, unashamed of any of our worship, unashamed of our God. We can worship Him with a dance, worship Him with a song, worship Him with a clap, worship Him with a shout. We can worship Him with all our heart, mind, soul, strength, and no strings attached, no fetters, no binds, no no put your hand over your mouth and not make a lot of noise because you might be considered uh, censored or some way put into jail over worshiping God. We're not in that place yet. We may get there. I don't know. It doesn't matter because I'm looking to God who is my helper and my strength. But but he's saying, he's saying you are supposed to worship this idol when the band strikes up. And and they're like, okay, well, you're the king. You can tell us who to worship. But we, we, we're sorry, but there is a king that's higher than you. Jesus, or God, is our superlative. Amen? He's higher than you. So, so he's higher than the government that they were standing in front of. And government will come and they will, they will try at, at different times throughout history. You have seen that they will try to tell you who you can worship and how you can worship. Whenever sin gets into a society, we know that there's a turn that takes place. But there is still a church in the earth. And as long as there is a church in the earth, there will be religious freedom. There will be a worship and a fire that is still here. Amen? They were told what to bow to. And I don't care where you are in your walk with God right now. You can see the world is leaning toward telling us what to bow to. I don't know if you like that message or not, but I, I, are you still here? <laughs> are we still here? There, there is going to be some leadership. There's going to be some fires that burn where they say, you're going to bow to this or you're not going to have that. And I want you to know that I don't know what's coming. I'm not telling you I know it prophetically. But I can tell you that if you don't, if you don't see the miracle in this scripture story, can you just see that they had obedience and they had their worship right? They had their obedience to God and their worship right. Nebuchadnezzar set up this statue. And now in verse 16 it says, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego answered and said to the king Nebuchadnezzar, we are not careful to answer you in this matter. Normally when you come before a king, you're very careful what you say. And they're like, we, 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 don't, we don't have a careful response because if it be so, if you throw us in the fiery furnace, king, if that be so, God whom we serve, in verse 17, is able to deliver us from the burning fiery furnace. And he will deliver us out of thine hand, O king. I don't know what is going to be set on fire. I don't know how many cities have to burn. I don't know what's, taking, what's going to take place in our world. But the God we serve can deliver us from, the, from it all. And we have to have that kind of faith. We have to have that kind of fire in our life. That regardless of what's burning out there, I've got something greater burning in me. Amen. But if not, be it known unto you. He said their, their faith is God can deliver. I believe it. I stand on it. But if God doesn't, if not, be it known unto thee, O king, that we will not serve thy gods. Little g. We're not going to serve what you say we're supposed to serve. We're not going to bow to what you say we're supposed to bow to, nor worship the golden image which thou hast set up. Amen. Then was Nebuchadnezzar full of fury, and, full, and the form of his visage, your face, was changed against Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Therefore, he spake and commanded that they should heat the furnace one seven times more than it was, or seven times hotter. I, I don't know if that would change your mind, but that sure would make me think. We're about to step into a fiery furnace here, boys. 
Are you sure? And I'm sure they had already made their decision because they stood. And maybe with shaking knees, maybe with shaking hands, I don't know how ominous it was that moment whenever everyone was bowing but they were not i don't even know if we have the strength in in the american church to do something like this today because i see people that are so influenced by the like and so influenced by the affirmation and so influenced by the group or the crowd but i wonder if maybe today we can recognize that even in the american church we have let the idol of comparison or the idol of comfort slip in and we need to set that aside and say, I want the fire of God in my life. I don't care what it costs me. I don't care what I need to do to save, to, to be saved. I will do it, and I will not worship any idol. And that is where they stood. And then verse 20, and he commanded the most mighty men that were in the army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and to cast them into the burning fiery furnace. This is a story you know. But he took the mightiest things, and he bound these men. And then these men were bound in their coats and all of their garments, and they were thrown or cast in the midst of the fiery furnace. And the flame of fire slew those men that took Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to throw them in. What I want to tell you is that even the fire that's burning in this world cannot stop God from doing his miracles. Even the mighty men fall when the fire is hot. Amen. And so I want to, you to notice in verse 23, it says that they fell down bound in the midst of the burning furnace. These fires that are burning will try to bind you. These fires that are burning will try to cast you in. These fires that are burning will try to bring fear. These fires that are burning in our world will try to bring intimidation. These fires that are burning will say, well, if you will not bend, we will heat up the fire. Amen. These fires that are burning in our world are the things that are represented in this passage. It's going to happen along that same path. But even in that that they fell down, even that they were thrown in the fire, they were cast in, but even though three went in, there was four in the fire with them, amen? I want to be found in the fire with Jesus Christ, not in the fires that the world builds. I want to be found in a place with him, amen? Verse 25, and he answered, said, Lo, I see four men. This is Nebuchadnezzar talking. He's like, didn't we cast in three men bound into the midst of the fire? Notice bound is a very central theme, that they were bound when they were cast in. And, he, and they answered, Lo, I see four men. What does it say? Loosed, walking in the midst of the fire. He said, even in the fire, they were loose. Now, I don't know how you translate this story. I don't know if you think this is just a story that was in Bible history and maybe it was passed down throughout Bible history and not really tell, told accurately, but I can tell you this. There is another burning situation where Moses saw a burning bush and it was not consumed, amen? So uh, can I tell you my my interpret? This is Pastor Jodan chapter 1, verse 3, okay? This, this is my interpretation, is God does not cease to be eternal when he steps into time. Understand that in order for something to burn, you have to have time. You have to strike the match, over time burn, set the fire, and the bush be burned. The reason why the bush wasn't burned and Moses turned aside to see it was because the eternal was in that bush, and the eternal rests time, amen? So if you understand the burning bush scenario, that when the 
the sun, when God stepped into that moment, I believe personally that God created a little bubble for them of eternal moment where there was no time where he stepped in. And because there was no time, they could not be burned. Amen. And he chose what would be loosed off of them and what would be taken off of them. And so when you see the example in scripture, I want to tell you that God who is eternal can step into time and still be eternal. Anybody know that to be true? Jesus can come and be in time as God and still be eternal as God. Amen. He can say as a man, I thirst. And he can say as a God, thy sins be forgiven thee. He functioned in eternity and in time at the same time. And so I believe that Nebuchadnezzar was seeing the representation, the theophany, the angel, whatever you want to call it, the representation of God in that moment. And he said, I see a fourth man in the fire. He looks like the son of man, but he's created an eternal spot for these boys to be in. And they walked out of that fire. He said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the most high God. Look at Nebuchadnezzar is now calling their God the most high God. He said, the most high God, come forth and come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth out of the midst of the fire and the princes and governors and captains and kings. Everybody say the important people. Remember all those important people <laughs> being gathered together, saw the men upon whose bodies the fire had no power. Same thing happened in the burning bush. The fire had no power, nor was the hair on their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor was there the smell of fire on them. In other words, they were protected by God when God showed up. When they had a fire in their heart that I shall not walk away from God. I shall not leave what I know to be true. I shall stand firm even if it puts me in that fiery furnace. Even if it's against the king's decree I will stand firm. The divine deliverer shows up in the fire, brothers and sisters. He shows up in the fire, and we may be walking into moments of fire, but I thank God that I have this example to tell you today that God is going to still be with us, that God is still going to show up in the fires of this world, and if we put our eyes on him, the fire of this world cannot affect us to the point that it stays on our life. It cannot affect us to the point that it changes what we stand for and what we wear as the garments of glory and who we are and how we look and how we walk. Amen, somebody. That is the example that we not only can go in bound, but we can walk out loose. That whatever is binding us is released by the fire. Amen. I know I'm yelling a lot, but I'm excited today. Amen. The Hebrew boys were loosed and set free. Anybody know that to be God? Is that what God does? He looses and sets free? Lazarus, come forth. Lazarus comes hopping out. Amen. He's wrapped up in grave clothes. They put about 10 pounds of spices on each individual. They did it for Jesus. They did it for Lazarus. They would set him up and for the burial. And when, they, when Jesus got there, he's telling his disciples Lazarus is asleep. And they're like, well, if he's sleeping, he's doing good. Getting some extra rest. Thank God. Some of us need it. And they're like, and Jesus turns back to his disciples and says, no, he is dead. Well, why did you wait three extra days before going back to Bethany? Why, why did you wait? And when he gets there, Mary and Martha... Each one greet him and say, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. 
He said, well, I have come because I'm the resurrection and the life. I'm about, I'm about to reveal something to my friend that you never knew about me. And that is that when the fire of death comes, when the fire of grief is gripped, grip, gripping Mary and Martha, I can be a different fire of revelation. I can be a fire of, rev- of resurrection in their life. And so we see them taking Jesus to the tomb. He said, roll the stone away. And they're like, uh, not a good idea. Just not, not a good idea. By now he stinketh. Everyone's holding their nose. People are breaking Epsom salts. You know, people are rubbing Vaseline on their upper lip. People are figuring out a way to handle Lazarus, okay? Lazarus smells bad. And suddenly, suddenly Jesus is standing at the tomb of a man he's about to raise and he weeps. Why is Jesus crying over someone he's about to resurrect? Because he knows the fires of death. He knows the fires of grief are strong. He knows the struggle of the human heart that death entered into the world with Adam and Eve. And this is why he stands at the grave of his friend because sin entered the world and by sin, death. But Jesus is the one that speaks life. He is a greater inferno of power. Amen. And he's standing there and he weeps for every human being. I believe this. This is Jodan chapter 1, verse 4. I believe he stands and weeps over his friend because the Bible says he's acquainted with our grief and our sorrow. He knew everything we would experience in life, and he let himself experience the grief of loss of something he loved in order that he could say, I have been through all of it. Just like you will go through it, I have been through all of it, but I conquered all of it. He has conquered every bit of it. Amen? And so... When he weeps, I believe he's standing there embodying every single human being that has to put someone they love in the ground. He said, this was not how I made it. This is not how I created you. You were meant to live forever. But now because you wanted the knowledge of good and evil, because you were deceived in the garden, it wasn't it wasn't Eve that was just deceived. Adam was standing right there, and he should have stood up and said, no, we were told not to. But the knowledge of good and evil is so compelling that they had reached for it, and they took it, and it was good for fruit. And now Jesus, all the way protracted into Bethany, he's standing there going, this is what your disobedience bought. But watch what my obedience will bring out of this. Watch what my going to the cross is going to bring out of this. I'm going to stand on the, I'm going to lay my hand on that cross. They're going to put me high in the sky and I'm going to become your middleman in between heaven and earth and I'm going to buy back everything that was broken. Everything that burned down, I'm going to build it again. I'm going to create a new fire in you and release it in the upper room. I'm going to do a work that separates you from death. Because he died, we live. Amen? We live in that shadow of Easter. And so the fire was what they walked out of. And Daniel celebrates. The king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. The fire promotes. Amen. The fire promotes you. I preached a sermon, Brother Reese. You're going to remember the sermon. I preached a fire called Smoke Jumpers. It's about the firefighters that jump into blazing infernos, California, Alaskan coasts. They jump out of helicopters or jump out of planes, either one. And they go in with just everything that's on their pack. And they will fight forest fires just themselves as a team. And they know that fire burns uphill. 
and they know things about fire. They're experts in fire. They know what happens when an inferno gets going and how it can leap from tree to tree and how it can jump rivers and how there is actually a flashpoint where things get so hot that things just explode into fire that are not on fire. There literally can be a fire across a river and it could get so hot that the trees on the other side just take off. And, and they know this about fire, but they also know how to survive in a fire. I'm closing with this story. I hope this has been something that impacts your heart. But whenever they get into a, a blazing inferno and when they get overcome, they will always work their way away from the fire but dig trenches and do their best to create a space where the fire, where they direct the fire. And if they ever get caught in a bad moment where the fire overcomes them, they have this this kind of like a tent type of thing that they get into. And what they do before they get into the tent is they actually set another fire and they burn off all the material that's burnable around them. They create a space where they burn off a section where if the fire is to go over them, the stuff that's around them has already been burnt off. And I, in that sermon, I was talking about how we can fight fire with fire. And I wonder if maybe today, if, if you're seeing things that scare you in our world, I wanted to tell you that you can fight fire with fire, that you can have the fire of the Holy Ghost in your life so great that you can fight fire with fire. And I know there's so many people that are not willing to, to talk about the fire of, of, of hell anymore and that I, I do all the studies and I see all the statistics coming out of, of seminary where 80% of those graduating from seminary don't even believe that there's a literal hell anymore. And I... I don't know how they can do that when there is so much scripture about that, but there is also places in scripture that tells us that that we are are renewed every day by God and that the fire of God can be in us and it can be greater than the fire that was meant for us. And then in, in the sense that we have the fire of the Holy Ghost in our lives. We have to understand that we're going to choose the fire that we're going to live in. Either we're going to live with the fire of the Holy Spirit or we're going to have a destination someplace where there is fire. And God did not make hell for human beings. He made it for spirits of disobedience and the angels that fell. And he designed hell to be a place that can torment spirits. We have to understand that. God does not send anybody to hell, brothers and sisters, God came and bought us back so we don't have to go to a place of separation from him. And that is the best story. That is the gospel. That is the glorious thing, thing about the fire falling in Acts chapter 2 is that they received power after the Holy Ghost came upon them. And that power came with fire. That fire burns bitterness out of you. It burns hatred out of you. It burns dissimulation out of you. It burns jealousy out of you. It'll deal with everything in your past. It'll burn everything around you down and it'll take you into a place where you're safe in the inferno of this world. I pray that today you can understand that that fire is not only meant to protect you but to renew you. Amen. 2 Corinthians 4.17, I close with this. We faint not. We faint not. I don't know if you can get that scripture for me, 2 Corinthians 4, 16, 17, and 18. The scripture says, the outer man perisheth daily, but the inner man is renewed day by day. While we look, this is fine. 
the scripture passage, if I can give you the background, is just talking about the life of Jesus Christ in us. That we were once dead in sin, but now we have the life of Christ in us. And then because of that life, we're renewed every day for the light for for which cause we faint not. In other words, he's saying, because of the life that's in us, the fire that's in us, the Holy Spirit that's in us, we faint not, but through our out but though our outer man perish, yet we are renewed, our inner man is renewed day by day. In other words, put all the aloe vera cream you want on. <laughs> Work out as much as you want. The outer man is perishing. Anybody want to say amen? I don't, I don't know if I should go here, but it's not going to be a great wrap-up to a sermon. But uh, if you ever start to get older and stuff starts breaking, <laughs> if you ever slip and fall and break something, you're like, oh, I guess that's going to stay broken because <laughs> we're getting older, amen? But the beauty of it is that we are not looking to our physical flesh because our physical flesh is moving toward death. And we are dying people in a dying situation. But in God, we have eternal life. And he renews us day by day. That means you can have sickness in your body and be praying. And you can feel an energy and a fire inside your heart even though you struggle with something in your body. You can, yeah, I believe God can heal. Yes, I do. And I believe he heals in his time. I do believe that. But I also know that there is mercy and there is renewal in the power of the fire that is within us. Give me verse number 17 again, would you? Because I want to be found in the fire. Worketh far more exceeding eternal weight of glory. In other words, what that says is for the light affliction, which is but for a moment. Everybody say, but for a moment. It's talking about the trials that we go to through. We can have miracles in the fire, but it's saying that the afflictions of this life, no matter what they are, they're going to seem light compared to to the exceeding and eternal weight of glory that's in our life. I don't know if that impresses you, but what he's saying is there's a superseding thing in that scripture that your afflictions will be forgotten in comparison to the weight of glory in heaven. That you literally will not have anything cling to you that was from the fires of this life when you walk through with the power of God in your life. If we're going to be found in the fire, they want to be found in the fire that he gives me. I'm going to show up. How about you? I was talking with Josh Herring, and I said, we're desirous. We got these things laid out to pray over them. People are going to take them home and pray over them today, and I pray that you do that. And he said, he sent back, he said, those that are hungry, those that are hungry will have the fire. Those that are hungry will see God move. Amen. Are you hungry today? I wonder if you could stand with me and we could just pray this prayer. Because I believe we can do all things through Christ. Maybe there's something small that you can start with and you can start to build your faith. You don't have to stand before a fiery furnace today. Maybe some of you are. But maybe if you start with the small things. What's the small thing? Well, maybe you're having a hard, a difficulty with a strong-willed child. Maybe you can just put Philippians 4.13 on your mirror this week and say, I can do all things through Christ. I can raise this child. I can do what it needs to be done to get my kids through school. I can do what needs to be done to get that promotion at work. I can do what needs to be done to live my life as a, as a beacon of hope for others. I can do what needs to be done to keep the fire burning in me so that I can affect others around me. I pray today, Lord God, that you release fire in somebody's heart. 
This is a symbol that was all throughout Scripture, Lord. They were Israel was guided by a pillar of fire at night. And it's getting dark in our world, Jesus. We need your fire, Lord, in our life. We need your fire guiding us. We need your spirit to tell us what to do, when to do it, where to do it. Your word to walk us into places of blessing and hope. I pray today that somebody feels your presence, that somebody feels your direction, and that somebody's willing to say, I can do all things through Christ. You strengthens me. I open this altar. We do this often. This is a time of prayer. It's a time to respond to the word. If you're not used to that, that is fine. You can pray at your seat, but we want to make a place. If you need to go, understood, you can go, but please Take a time of prayer. Take a card with you as you leave. Pray over it this week. Keep it with you. Put it in your Bible. Put it in your car. And pray over Save Our Nation. But take a moment with God and say, God, give me the strength. If I should ever need to make that decision, I don't know if that will ever happen in the U.S. I don't know what's coming. But I want to start small today. I want to kick off something in my life that says if it means I need to make a decision and big things, I want to start making this decision now and small things. I want to build my faith to believe that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I want to make this decision to be found in the fire. The fire of the Holy Spirit, not what burns in this world, but what burns inside my heart. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Come on, lift up your voice in this place. We're just going to love on the Lord for a minute. We're just going to love on the Lord for a minute. We're just going to take a moment with Him. Thank you for your cross. Thank you for putting out the blaze that we were headed to by your salvation. You came and saved us from a different kind of flame. And your spirit was poured out upon the church. Diverse flames sat upon each of them. That meant that we all have the opportunity to have fire in our life. We all have the opportunity to see the Holy Spirit working in very special ways in our life. Thank you, Jesus, for this day. Thank you, Jesus. We celebrate you walking with us by the power of the Holy Spirit and the renewal, the renewal of your spirit in our life. somebody near you by the hand if you're in their family and just pray for them. If your wife's near you, your husband's near you, friends near you, take them by the hand and pray for them. Just pray for them. Say, Lord, give them strength. Give them strength. Whatever they're going through, God, help them in their trial. Help them in their struggle. Right now, in the name of Jesus, we want your fire to be bigger. We want your love to know that for us to know that you're there God you loved us we want to know that your love is bigger than every fiery trial that you're going to help us through it oh hallelujah renew somebody today in this place renew somebody today in this place I pray for someone to be renewed in their faith in their home someone's gone through the loss of a loved one I pray you strengthen them through the fires of grief. Help them to walk out of it. Through the fires.
fires of disappointment, through the fires of discouragement, I pray you give them a stronger fire from your spirit. Let them burn off everything that's around them that would cause them to be lost in the inferno of this world. Help them to fight fire with fire, Jesus. I pray in your name. I pray in your name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I can do all things through Christ.